But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. Amazon Prime sent all our power converters to Dagobah for some reason, so I guess we're going to talk about X-wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smittle. And today we are joined by friend of the podcast and close friend of ours, Greg Smith. Greg. Greg. Hey, Greg. Uh, first off, what have we all been up to these past few weeks? Anything interesting? Uh, Greg, what do you got going on right now in your life? I feel like I've been really busy, but so it's just like a you know. black hole. <laughs> uh, okay, Full now. autobiography of Greg right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, mostly I think, uh, it's just been everybody taking it easy, I guess. Uh, I haven't had anything new going on, mostly just, uh, prepping for X-Wing stuff. Doug, Alex, anything, uh, big going on other than playing some Among Us? Uh, watching a lot of The Walking Dead. We watched all of The Walking Dead. Well, I think on Netflix, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, all of the released stuff that you can easily access. I stopped day 21 of my Seven Days to Die game to do this podcast, so <laughs> I've played a lot of Seven Days to Die. It, it is a fun little survival thing. We've got to get uh, onto a server for that at some point. Indeed. It's Indeed. If you like The Walking Dead, if you like Minecraft, what if you mashed them it's up? It's basically the same. Yeah, basically a combination. You just take the Minecraft sliders and you move crafting down a little bit and zombies way up. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> No lies. It's a fun game there. I like it a lot. It's still in alpha, but it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of things on Steam that I enjoy are still in alpha. Heck, Monster Prom was in alpha until it got a sequel. And uh, other than that, as of this morning, there has been uh, nothing new out of FFG, which is not surprising given that uh, they're probably in the process of turning things over to AMG. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say we're probably not going to get uh, news till after the holiday season. We've just got Wave 8 ships on the shelves now. The new points and hyperspace format are live. So uh, it could be quiet on the news front for a while. We never know. There's a decent chance we never get anything else from FFG. It might be all AMG by the time we get new news. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll uh, do something interesting with a website because, holy cow, do they have like the most basic design. But then again, we're not paying them to design an awesome website. We're paying them to take over an amazing game. True. Also, if they keep the website crappy, there's no forums, and that's probably a good thing overall. True. Yeah, wouldn't lie about that. Uh, So if you're really jonesing for some competitive X-Wing, tickets for the Gold Squadron Flight Club Championship will be going on sale soon. That's the one that's got some... uh, unique formats and some interesting tweaks. So if you're jonesing for competitive X-Wing, go on over to goldsquadronpodcast.com and see what they've put together. It looks like it's going to be neat. Uh, I will probably throw my hat in the ring for that. It just seems like a little bit of wacky fun. I also really like that they have the option to make it a league instead of a one-day event. Mm-hmm. So you can play six games over six weeks instead. Uh, I think that's a really neat addition to it. That's probably what I'd do if I play in these. Maybe. I'm Although not sure if I'm going to. Yeah. I'm kind of past the point of paying for online X-Wing. Um, it's kind of done with paying for it. Um, it doesn't give me the same rush as I got from in person. So for fun, it's it's fine, but I'm not sure I want to pay for it anymore. That's true. We do, however, this week have our uh, local X-Wing League starting up. Our first one that we're doing on Tabletop Simulator, uh, run by uh, Emmy Award-winning news director Ryan Krauss, friend of the podcast. And I think, our, are we all four in that one? Greg, did you uh, jump yes. in on the league? Yeah. I am in a... Yeah, awesome. That's really I had to with that name. <laughs> yeah, true. It's true. Devon Greg Open. Devon <laughs> Greg Open. We, that's right. When we name a league after you, you kind of have to join it. That's, that is true. Uh, but other than that, we do have our own competition coming up. In fact, this weekend, not long after this goes live, we will be competing in the Mini Chlorian. That we've been hyping up. Uh, Doug, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how this came about? Uh, okay, so for the two previous years, uh, really coinciding with the start of second edition, we've been doing the uh, Missouri Chlorian, which is a uh, St. Louis versus Columbia versus Kansas City uh, three-team tournament. Um, think of it as kind of it's a, a regular Swiss event, but you can't be paired against anybody from your city. Uh, and so, like, I want to say last year we had. 
15 people on each team, so there were 45 players. Something, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, very crowded. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't play. I helped Teal that one, but uh, but they're always they're a really good time, and they help uh, you know bring the state together uh, with some friendly competition. And unfortunately, with uh, the goings on in the world right now, uh, we couldn't run a a full Missouri Chlorian until things opened back up. So we decided to do a, a mini Chlorian, which is going to be uh, ourselves Atashi Station versus the St. Louis uh, Scrubcast which is made up of uh, Matt Carey, Clint Houston, Emily Rastel, and Dan Peterson. Uh, so this Saturday on uh, Twitch TV slash Tashi Station X-Wing, you can uh, see all four of us over four rounds. We're, we're doing a, a round robin where each player plays each player on the other team. Uh, and it should, uh, should be a good time. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, in true uh, Missouri Chlorian fashion, we are only counting wins, not MOV. Yeah. And guys, with the uh, the one wrinkle thrown in there, I'm kind of thinking I- I'm I'm almost hoping we play for a tie, just to do yeah. So do if it. if uh, it's total Swiss points, so if each team scores eight wins, uh, which is very possible, which is very possible, then what we're going to do is do a team versus team final salvo. So uh, that would be pretty hilarious to see each each team with anywhere between twenty and forty dice potentially like. Just, yeah. to, just see it on the table. Yeah, so uh so that would obviously be entertaining. I mean hopefully we win, either either in the dramatic fashion of Final Salvo or crushing our enemies. Mm-hmm. Now in, in that vein, I know that uh back in first edition, Alex and I actually decided a store championship over a final salvo once. That's true. Uh, my first time making the finals of a tournament. And Doug, you recently had a uh I avoided elimination final. from Coruscant via Final Salvo, yeah. <laughs> you know, against uh, Will Haywood of Gold Squadron. Not too bad at all. And, uh, Greg, I can't recall you ever going to Final Salvo because I can't recall any game against you ever actually going to time. Oh, I've gone to time. I, I just, uh, huh, I don't have, no, no major just, uh, wins of Final man. Salvo. Yep, he, always, he always wins too thoroughly. Amazing. Imagine I, I either win really big or lose decisively. It. Like <laughs> Greg doesn't need final seven to win. <laughs> it's true. All right, your dice actually won't roll against Greg's dice in a final seven. They're too scared. They're too scared. <laughs> no kidding. Symbols just fall off the dice. They're like, no, no, no. We're not even going to try. <laughs> but again, this is something that we've put together not only to kind of a. Uh, have a little friendly podcast versus podcast rivalry, but uh, kind of uh, we're representing the west side of I seventy. They're representing the east side, and uh, we're not even west to and the east of sides thing. of the very middle of I seventy, <laughs> <laughs> like the exact middle of I seventy. The east and west sides of that. <laughs> no I Denver, no Philadelphia. <laughs> Is that where I seventy goes? It does. It runs all the way, just the whole thing. Uh huh. You know, the funny thing is, I've driven, I believe, almost the entirety of I-70, but since I've been out here for 15 years, I only know the Kansas City-St. Louis stretch exists now. Yeah. I don't think I've driven... Actually, yeah, I haven't driven east of uh, St. Louis since I've moved out here. Weird. Indianapolis. I wasn't driving. I was a passenger there. <laughs> I wish I wasn't driving on that trip. <laughs> uh, road trips. Guys, remember places? Places were awesome. They were places we could actually. like go. I went to a grocery store today, so I went places. <laughs> All right, back to the point. They're going to lose, and we're going to win. Is that what? That's what we're saying. I think that's what we're going. Is it here. trash talk time? It is trash talk time. Normally, we hold our opponents in high esteem as friends and comrades. Not this week, suckers. So let's go into. Oh, I mean, they're kind of asking for it when they call themselves the Scrub. Yeah, cast. they're literally a cast of scrubs. Yeah. Indeed. So let's uh, kind of profile our opponents a little bit here and. Uh, hype them up. I think hype might be too strong a word. So let's start with the Midwest scrub himself, Dan Peterson. Uh, I have not had the opportunity to fly against Dan in first or second edition, but he's uh, he's kind of known for one thing. What is that, Alex? Oh, it's uh, Fenrau, you know, the coolest ship, and then Gori. Um, and that's it. But it's mostly a. gory. Like he, he will sometimes switch the second ship. That's true. He did previously has flown in the first Missouri Chlorian, he flew Boba Fett or Boba Gory. But uh, Gory is his bay. Um and she's thick. Like it's like a hundred and fifteen point Gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the full Virago double mods, torpedo outmaneuver. 
advanced sensors full shenanigan. Yep. And I just want to point this out because I've done it not on a podcast, and Alex says "gurry weird." Oh my god! I'm from St. Louis. Every we time. have we have different styles than you people. Wait, say it again, Smittle. Gurry. Say it, Greg. Gurry. I just wanted to point pitches. that out for everybody. The St. Louis accent pitches, pinches its vowels. <laughs> like, like box. Yeah. Bark. <laughs> we're, uh, not, we're not Boston. <laughs> we're not pocking the car in the yard. We're no, just, but I've heard Fark before. Well, Fark is, yeah, Fark. I think you said Park. <laughs> yeah, Fark, box, closet is another big one instead of claw, close it. Closet, closet, closet. I don't know closet. how to say it. Like regular people, like a but clause. It's closet. Yeah, St. Louis makes O's, A-H's, and they do other words differently as well. So really the point is, you're weird and different. We're gonna make fun I'm of you. A sorry for the sorry for the tangent. I just <laughs> we tangent a lot. I actually did some. I did a lot of reading on the St. Louis accent a couple of nights ago because of a Wikipedia train. So funny it came up. Indeed. <laughs> But yeah, so Dan has pretty much flown Fen Gurry almost exclusively with that super thick Gurry and a huge bid. Uh, what's he at right now with that? I believe like a 21-point bid? That's 23 if he does his standard build. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be a thing. You uh, can't talk- beat it, so don't try. That's my flaw. <laughs> Very much. Like you can't yeah. beat that bid, so uh, don't try. Oh, beat the bid. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. No. yeah, you can't beat the bid. You can beat the, the- list. Only list I've made that I think has any chance of actually being a list that also beats the bid is a supernatural Kylo Von Rig, which is just the same list but with in a little different way. <laughs> the 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 Guri is fatter and the Fen is thinner. Indeed. But that is a list that I think we've mentioned a number of times. You have to have ice water in your veins to fly because both those ships are fragile and one miscalculation, it's very hard to miscalculate with advanced sensors. Guri, mind you. But one miscalculation, and you can be in for a world of hurt. The real thing about that list is it either wins or loses in list building. Either your list has an answer for a Guri moving after everything besides I-6 and a Fen moving after that to cover her, or you don't have an answer. Like, yeah. that's just how it is. And that's why, um, like, as, as amazing as Dan is to find the list, he tends to top out at 4-2 and two usually. And um, it's he's taking that list to its absolute limit, I think. Yeah, which uh, it's scary for the context of this event. It is very scary um, for the context of this yeah, event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he could also uh, he could throw us under the rug and bring something completely different. And right, that that was what part. I was about to but, say. Uh, if Dan throws us a curveball and shows up with like, "Hey, I've got double decimator." The only th- other thing I've ever seen him play is when he played hyperspace, like hyperspace trials, and Gory wasn't in it. He ran resistance, like t like t seventy aces was his big thing. But that was. Okay. A uh, year and a half ago, probably. So it's yeah, before Gray was in hyperspace the first time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what's more likely is that we would see some variant from Fen. Like I, I don't think he's gonna walk away from the fat Gory, but we could see him bring out Boba or like an afterburner uh, Tarok. Yeah, like, something. Tarok has a mod slot now. That's true. Um, or a Dengar. Yeah. Like, you never know. Yeah, a lot of options there. Well, uh, speaking of a lot of options. Uh, Next on our list is the Iron Man himself, Matt Carey, uh, known recently for being one of the uh, people who played in every single one of the Galactic qualifiers. Matt is probably and the... cut in all of them except one, I think. Yeah, I he, cut, he, missed, he missed one of the pins. Yeah. Man, so. that's that takes him. Uh, Matt does a lot of road tripping, about as much as we do also. He's uh, of the St. Louis crew, the most well-traveled, I believe. He... Did he finish second? Was it second to Carson Ray at Gen Con? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he's kind of known for flying a little bit of everything. Yeah, he uh, he likes to create archetypes that end up taking off. Uh, or not necessarily create, but like he and the St. Louis guys make archetypes, and he usually tends to to bring them to the forefront of the meta. Um, so like if, if you remember, I guess it would have been over a year ago now, because uh, that Gen Con list was the Grand Inquisitor, two generic Inquisitors, and Jendon. And uh, he spawned that two Inquisitors Gen Din plus fourth AC ship uh, archetype that lasted until the points changed when I got nerfed, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was then, all over Warfare. That yeah. Thing. Yep. Yep. And then most recently, he's been bringing out the, the Ray's easy tally uh, with Prockets on the A-Wings and the Fat Ray. And that's what he, he 
took on his run for most of uh, the championships, the galaxies. Mm-hmm. Um, that did get nerfed a little bit with the uh, points increases, so I'm not sure if that's what he'll still run, but I think there's a decent chance that we'll see something of a similar vein. Did he go... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Greg. Did he go undefeated with robots? Uh, he did. It was it was two IGs and uh, not or Forlom. Or Nomlom, I don't remember. It was, Nom- it was Nomlom. Nomlom oh, okay. yeah. oh god, if you can fit two IGs and Forlom, I'd you can. That. You can fit two IGs and Forlom. With good stuff? Uh, I mean, you don't get like the advanced sensors for long, but yeah, yeah, you have you have points. If you fly like Matt Carey, you don't need good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did have advanced sensors on all his robots then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, um, Salem is an interesting position as far as faction wise goes. So the rules of our tournament: one faction occurrence per team. Yeah, factions are unique essentially. Yeah. But uh, a lot of St. Louis overlaps between Resistance and Republic. Yeah. Um, so we have to assume that Dan is taking scum. That's uh, the safest bet. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, like we, uh, we programmed again. Again, he could he could throw us uh, throw the, the shade over our eyes, but I I don't see him not flying Gory. It's it's his favorite ship. It's what he knows the best. And uh, I mean, he he plays plays Gory into people who know he's going to play Gory all the time and still does yeah. well. So the only thing I can he, think of would be something like a supernatural Anakin in his hands that would be even closer. Yeah, that's possible. But I don't think so. I'm, I would bet Gory. The thing is, Gory flies also, different from every other supernatural ace still because does. of the funky barrel rolls. Mm-hmm. And the free focus token. Like, she has best force as long as you're range one. And he's always range one with Gory. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the world who flies Gory better than Dan. So. Very true. Very true. Uh, again, Matt Carey, kind of a, a wild card there. Doesn't really have a. He does like a lot of the, uh, as Doug calls them, Dale Cromwell lists. Um, where they're jousting lists that are highly defensive, like the Inquisitors and Jen did. They're, they're or, ace lists, but the correct choice is to joust, because they're good at PS killing things, and then they're hard to kill afterwards. Okay. So yeah, like the, the Jen did Inquisitors is a perfect example, because he had concussion missiles on the Inquisitors, so they actually had a pretty good alpha strike, and then you had fire control on them, so they always had the re-rolls, and they have force evade, and that's just, it's essentially three defenders running around. There's two attack dice instead of three attack dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, they have three concussion missiles each, so like mm-hmm. that's that's Matt's usual style. And the pocket A-wings with Ray is a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. you got three fives that are all relatively hard to kill and pretty mobile, but they're just going to run straight at you because he wants to fire, you know, 14 dice at you on turn one. Indeed. Uh, and blow yeah. something up. But What I remember Matt for was my first time playing against him was the first Missouri Chlorian. And all I had heard about him, I hadn't had the chance to meet him yet, was that, you know, everybody was hyping him up as Matt Carey, possibly the best player in the Midwest. And I thought, okay, well, I believe St. Louis has some you know great players, and they do, and Matt is one of them. But we got randomly matched up, and I thought, oh, okay, I have a kind of tanky list with some ordnance that's really undercosted. He's got Imperial Aces. He damn near tabled me. If I hadn't had a rock do most of the damage for me. <laughs> and that was the first time in second edition, I believe I had been utterly humbled by an opponent because I went in proud and I left humbled. So uh, I've not been able to get that win back yet. And uh, I think I'm due. Uh, I've only played against him twice in tournaments and they were both the same tournament, which mm-hmm. was uh, the hyperstress trial I beat Smittlelat in the final. Uh, uh, right when we... Sunfock came out. I was doing the Sunfox six droid swarm, and he had, uh, I want to say precog Annie and Obi, like Delta B precog Anakin and Obi Wan. Yes, um, he was he was flying the uh, the less than ten hit point list or something. Yeah, uh, in the first game he got me because he outguessed Sunfox with Obi Wan, and I I dove for him and didn't get it, and he just whittled me down. I lost by something like two points or something crazy, mm-hmm. uh, and then in the cut. I caught Obi-Wan instead, and it was a much different game. <laughs> um, indeed, indeed. He's, he's an amazing player. Uh, absolutely, though. I've yeah. played Matt uh, three times now. I think I'm up two to one, but all three of our games have been down to the wire, very close games, and all yeah. have been very fun. He's a very fun opponent. Yeah, and your your game at Crossroads that one year, um, was that the first that Crossroads was, the second edition? It was the first, it was the first Crossroads the second yeah, edition. Yeah, and you guys yeah. had a near-mirror match. that I was playing next to you guys, and it was just... Your game was absolutely explosive, and then my game was 
two deltas and fair off against Rexler Vader. So like you guys were expl- everything was exploding and dice were flying and ours was like we're gonna four K and roll meaningless dice at each other. <laughs> yeah, he yeah uh, he was running Tarok Polibguri and I was running Fen Cavill and two quad jumpers. That's right, yeah. And he uh clipped Fen with a two crits on his side That's gun right, and the first yeah. turn structural damage <laughs> structural damage thrust control. So I was down drilling double stress. I was like, well Panics, Fen's yeah. dead. So I just flew in he one shot Polyp and died the next turn. <laughs> and then right. Tarok and I we traded Tarok for the two quad jumpers. And then it came down to uh, Cavill, who still had both Torps versus Gory. And at one point he's like, you know what? I'm tired of this. Let's just shoot at range one. And I lived with one health from his shot and fired back and killed him. Yeah. Uh, I just remembered every time I would look over, a different ship would be missing from your board. And yeah, it was it seemed like a great game. Yeah. It was he and he called it the best game of his life. And it was <laughs> it was definitely in my top three. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Man, I really got sidetracked there, but you got me thinking about Crossroads, which was about a year ago that all three of us went up there and got caught in the freak blizzard. But man, that was that was the last uh, last big road trip I I drove anywhere for. Yeah, that's Crossroads. Uh, man, I highly recommend Crossroads when this comes back. Yeah, it's one of my favorite tournaments. Period. Same. Got to be like they so do, much fun. They do stellar prize support and everybody's super friendly and they run awesome side events on yep. the second day. Yeah, the yeah, Indiana community is fantastic. To be fair, I've never gotten to play in a side event Crossroads, which is a disappointment in its own right. <laughs> uh, the first one I got to play in the the hyperspace format, it, it was just the second edition format back then, but I ran four Reapers, and it went awful. <laughs> but we also went to one Crossroads in first edition, too. Yeah. That is true. All right. So, uh, you know, that's Matt. Then we've got uh, kind of the anchor of their podcast, Emily Rastel, who I have had the opportunity to fly against twice, and we're split. We split one and one. Uh, I came out on top at Warfare Weekend, and she turned around and clobbered me at this year's Missouri Chlorian. Emily is uh, an interesting player because she really likes her jousting list, which is usually kind of my wheelhouse, but she flies them in a much cagier manner than most uh, jousters. However. I have no idea what she's going to bring to the table here. Yeah, my gut says that she is going to end up bringing Rebels. Um, this is based on Dan bringing Scum, uh, Clint, who we'll get to, bringing Republic, and then Matt bringing his Resistance Fives. Um, I have seen her fly a little bit of Rebels in the past, although Resistance stuff seems to be her wheelhouse, wheelhouse lately. Or, mm-hmm. like, Republic. She ran the Seeker Swarm a lot as well. Yeah, that's she true. Yep. Um, but Clint is running Republic guaranteed. Yeah, so I, I'd be very surprised if you're in something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever actually gotten to play Emily. Um, I played her once um, at McZerichlorin last year, and we went to time, and she won by two points. Yeah. yeah. I might she have played is... a game against her in first edition, but it would have been near the end of first edition, and I was very checked out at the end of first edition. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, what I can say is she is a very analytical player. She plays precisely. Uh, she plays with a very good pace. She's very deliberate, but not slow by any means. Uh, we you know, finished both our games before time that we've played. And I honestly think she is probably one of the more underrated players in the uh, St. Louis area, if not the Midwest as a whole, because while she doesn't travel a whole lot out of the area, she's managed to submarine her way into the cuts of almost every major tournament she's been to. Yeah, and, and the thing about Scrubcast is they undersell themselves a lot. They're all pretty solid players. That's, that's their brand. Like, yeah, that, that is yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, uh, like, I'm trying to remember how we all finished. Uh, Greg, you went to this year's Missouri Chlorian with us. Did you come up against any yeah. of the uh, Scrubcast 4? Uh, I did not. Um, uh, but I went 2-2. Two and two, And, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly who I played, but I did not play these four. Mm-hmm. I um, played. I don't remember who I played besides Emily in round one and Michael Simon in the cut. Um, there were three other people in the middle, but I don't remember who they were. I did, I, however, play Emily at um, Warfare Weekend. Oh, did and, you? Uh, yep, yep. She was a a great opponent. Um, she capitalized on every one of my mistakes, and I capitalized on one of hers, and it was the big one, and so. It was yeah, it was a great match. Uh, like you said, she's very anal- analytical player. 
Really looking forward to that one. Uh, which one of us has Emily on stream? I do. Okay. So she's probably going to pay me back so we can be one and one. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem to be her wheelhouse. So we've talked about Dan. Yeah. Uh, uh, just real quick, who will, who all is so Matt? Do you have Clint on stream then? Uh, I have, yeah. You have I have Matt. I have Matt Carey on stream. Okay, so I have Dan in round four. I have Clint in round two. I have Dan first round though, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dan's, beaten me more often than not. I think Dan and I have played five times, and he's won four of them. Um, it helps that his list is always a hard counter to my list. Well, your list always has a Fenrau with a less deep bids. <laughs> like the one time I beat him, he was running Fenguri or Boba Guri, and I was running the Drea Swarm right at the beginning yeah. of second edition. <laughs> and that was the win. It was a very close game there as well. But uh, that was my one win over him. I think every time in both casual and bigger tournaments, um, either his Fenrau is really after mine or is what happened at uh, the Crate uh, Systems Tournament. Is uh his gory was moving after mine, so how? Yeah, I forgot you guys had to play um, because I only had an eight point bid and he had a twenty three point bid. Oh well, there we go. <laughs> that would be how he was. That, moving that, that, that was that was the sarcasm of how did you not beat his bid? Uh, <laughs> I don't I think I've ever point. bid over maybe six points, and so just to hear a twenty three point bid, it's just crazy. Yeah, I think I, I bid twenty one. Right when Kylo came out, Kylo Tabson, because I ran like literally just Supernatural primed Kylo and just Snoke on Tabson, just to see if that was enough. And then the list went up like fifteen points or something, and I still just ran that exact same list. Yeah, yeah. That. So we've talked about Dan. We've talked about Matt. We've talked about Emily and the Scrubcast trained monkey Clint Houston. Is that Would their you, name for him, or is that your imagination? That is my new nickname for him. Because, okay. uh, uh, Clint, I would like to point out that we do not uh, represent the same ideals <laughs> that Matt does on the podcast. <laughs> to be fair, I've actually never played against Clint. I don't know how we've ever spoken to Clint. It's just uh, that he's the other one on the podcast. But he does have a pretty fair pedigree. I believe he finished second at the Warfare Weekend uh, this past, yeah. about a year ago. Who did he finish second to? Uh, some scrub. Yes. Yeah. 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 The the finals of the St. Louis Grands last year did come down to Doug and Clint. And I'm bitter. (laughs) I was first in Swiss, and he beat me in top sixteen, going three and three. (laughs) Yeah, that's Doug's brand. I went five and one at that tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sorry, I went nine and one at that tournament. True. (laughs) Eat shit, everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, that Grands, we all four did really well at that tournament. We did, yeah. Kansas City in general had a really good showing at that tournament. Yeah. That was my. I beat Duncan Howard. That's uh, more than anything else. That's what I'm happy about is playing Mm -hmm. and beating Duncan Howard. And uh, Ryan Krauss, who's running our league, made top eight, I think. He did make top eight. Yeah, I watched uh, one a couple of those games that were really, really close. That was that was a fun tournament. Uh, oh, I beat Matt Carey at Missouri <laughs> Chlorian last year. Apparently, sorry, I'm going through the rounds to figure out who I played. <laughs> it was actually from St. Louis. Matt, it went, it went. Uh, Emily, Tony, a, Tony from Columbia, yeah. AJ, and then Matt Carey in Swiss. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what Matt flew though, but I won. So second. But as we've mentioned, Clint is primarily a Republic player, and he loves Republic aces. Uh, what was it he ran against you at Warfare, Doug? Uh, it was a chopper Plocoon with a shield upgrade and no, no configuration. configuration. A fat Delta B R2 spare canister yeah. parts Obi-Wan, and then a Rick Ollie with, I think, like R2 regen and Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which was before a lot of the regen nerfs and... Rick yeah. going and up Jedi and Jedi nerfs in general, like. But uh, but even I think he played in one galaxies and he was still running an Obi Wan Plo Rick list. Like that's just yeah. that's his bread and butter. His those three fives. He ran Regen Rebel and, Beef when it was OP, but who didn't? Yeah. Like, um, I did. But yeah, for the most part, he's been running that. Republic. <laughs> you remember that, Greg? We played until someone else running Republic. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's also he liked to pull out uh, locally. I know he a lot of times liked to pull out the the Anakin Obi Wan like. One of them with some sort of either supernatural or precog, uh, so I could see something like that coming out from him as well. Um, it'll be it'll be Republic cases though, almost certainly, mm-hmm. of some variety. Yeah. Now this has been a really fun format because again, uh, neither of the teams have broadcast our list choices to the opponent beforehand. We will find out what they're playing Saturday morning, and 
right here, everything we've been doing up to this point is kind of guesswork. What do we know about them? What do we think they'll be flying? And so it's turned into, by proxy, this kind of weird uh, Princess Bride, I cannot trust the wine in front of you team version. I have an interesting question, actually, on that regard. Mm-hmm. What do we think they think will fly? Oh. Ooh, they're expecting, is... I, I am 99% sure they're expecting me to bring Fenrao. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm expecting and you to bring Fenrao. I would bet a lot of money they expect me to bring Kylo, because Kylo is the ship I default to a lot when I'm not sure mm-hmm. what to bring. Although they might expect the bomber list after the Lima open last weekend. Yeah. Or even they, well, we agreed no spam text, but they might even expect you to default back to Sun Fock now that it fits again, yeah. your original Sun Fock list. It's even better but, now and get tracers in there. They were exp- I'm assuming they're expecting you to bring aces of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Greg, I think you would be our wild card here because most of the St. Louis crowd hasn't played against you. Uh, and you've changed up your lists a lot in the, the tournaments that they've been to. Um. If they did their research, then they would know that I'm only good with separatists, apparently. You just clobbered uh, all of us at a hyperspace trial with scum. With just recently. Yes. Nine, just nine recently in ago. February. Yes, <laughs> it was the last was, uh, person tournament we've all been to. <laughs> that was like the only meta list I've ever taken. So other than that, I like to do... what I can't remember what they call it on their podcast. They call it something that they... It's whenever you you you... Handicap yourself. Oh, oh um, self-imposed list-building restriction. Yeah. restriction. Yeah, so yeah. I do that a lot. And so, but when I take a separatist list, I usually try to tweak something. Mm-hmm. Um, like at Warfare Weekend, I took Dooku, four droids, and Shurten. And then, um, so instead of a Nantex swarm, I took four of the Stalgrazen and two of the um, the Belbalabs, the Initiative 3. So I didn't I don't like and to you do exactly Coruscant with that list as well. Yeah. Like you, you, you top 32 at Corellia, or at Corellia with that, correct? And then, and then, so you talk about switching it up and then I went for a resistance list and I totally bombed it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, yeah. So we're reverting back to what we know. So they're probably going to think I'm running separatists, which is probably, I would assume bad. that as well. If I were on their yeah. team. Right. And, yes. Yeah. I think it was knows yeah. me pretty well uh, when we had Mark Myers on the podcast and I mentioned the, uh, four Kimogulas and Leighton Ashera that I was bringing to Crate. I believe his comment was, that's the most Matt Newt list I've ever heard of. Yeah, you, you like your odd five-ship heavy jester list. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what they're expecting. Uh, originally, before the points change, my plan was for Wookiees and AP5, and I have groused about that no longer being legal, and even oh, in the wow. ROIF Discord, I complained about it, and everybody said they had no sympathy. Understandably so. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I am, if known for anything, I like uh, beefy things that fly straight at people and throw a whole lot of red dice. Matt, I just want to throw this out there. You can run four Kashyyyk Defenders and a Thread Tracer Bandit for 200 Yes, Yeah, I, I was looking at that when we'll yeah. get into our... So dumb. <laughs> like, like, honestly, the Threat Tracer Bandit sounds scarier than AP5 to me. Agreed. Like, like Agreed. I don't want to give those Wookiees target locks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> Turns out every Wookiee has an arc on whatever the Z fires his Tracer at. Yeah. <laughs> no figure. But on that note, uh, we know what we think they're bringing. We can guess what they think we'll be bringing. One and... thing about me I want to say real quick, um, said so I get to earlier, is that I don't know if they know how likely I am to fly a swarm. Um, I flew a swarm at the first Missouri Chlorian, and then I flew Fen and six ties, but that's the only time they've ever seen me fly swarms. And I'm a I'm a like 50-50 swarm slash ace mini swarm player. I was gonna say, I've flown against you for almost four years now, and I've never known you to fly anything but ace mini swarm. But second edition has definitely made you more of a swarm player than yeah, first indeed edition. Indeed it has. I flew a lot more pure ace lists in first edition. Mm-hmm. He flew a lot of Bosk in first edition too. Yeah, yeah but Bosk was an ace in first edition. <laughs> True. Uh, bring uh, back initiative six. No, uh, go away. Get off the podcast. You're no longer welcome. <laughs> Matt's allowed to complain that Wookiees aren't OP anymore, but I can't. And he's also off the podcast. This is now the Greg and Doug podcast. We'll talk about how dope Sunfuck is. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I flew a Tice Horm in, in a hyperspace trial. I flew the Dreas Horm quite a bit. I flew fan and six ties quite a bit. And uh, so I'm, I'm curious if they'll expect me to bring a swarm or not. If I were playing against you and had to guess, I would assume fan plus three to five ships. Mm-hmm. 
Or the Fen six. Three. Like, yeah. I would assume Fen plus shenanigans. Yeah. That is your, your most common archetype. That is very true, but Fen... I'm taking a break from old Fen Rao right now. He's been hurting me. Well, he doesn't have a mod slot, so it's... <laughs> he doesn't! It's not fair! <laughs> Terok is my boy now! <laughs> Friendship ended with Fen Rao. Terok is my best friend now. Well, when Fen Rao can, comes down to a reasonable Poe-like price, <laughs> we can no. talk again. He's yeah. a very reasonable 78 points. No matter how much you complain. 68 points. Yeah, he should be 78. No! No! <laughs> No. See, here's the thing. The Scrubcast doesn't need to do a trash-talking podcast against us. We do it to ourselves. Yeah. Speaking of which, they're never going to guess what we're flying, because we don't know what we're flying yet. Has anyone <laughs> committed so to a true. list yet? <laughs> so I, I, think I have, but let's go into right now, as we yeah, are Yeah, but then we brought up Wookiees, and now you're, you're down Yeah, yourself. now I'm thinking of it. But as, as it currently stands, as we are currently uh, six days out from the tournament as we record this... What are we all really heavily leaning into at this point? Uh, Greg, I've got to watch your uh, list, a couple of your iterations uh, go. We've practiced a few. What are you, what are you leaning towards here? Uh, yeah, I've gone through multiple iterations. I think I've changed the list every time that I've tried to play. Um, I think what I'm leaning towards right now is uh, the six hyenas uh, with proximals, two of them with discords. And they um, all have struts, right? And they all have struts, yeah. That, to me, that's going to be the most fun slash competitive. Um, yeah, it's it's so, still a surprisingly nasty list. Like, fun it's great, especially yeah, just when you disengage or you make a turn just to get a calculate out there and potentially you can get a block and use your explosion to drop on something. Yeah, and if you don't know that, how to approach that, it can be a meat grinder. Yeah, and that's what I'm actually working on right travel. now. Is working on that disengage, that turn to try to get a block and have the rear of the ship's pointed towards an enemy. That's what I'm working on now. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos in the last two days. Mm -hmm. So we've had uh, a number of uh, practices there. I think that the prox mines, especially with the option for six of them out there, or 12 technically, that's not a bad call against a lot of the St. Louis Ace... Uh, Low hit point ship meta. Fun fact about Prox Mines is they're stupid good against literally everything. <laughs> yeah, what is it, an average of two damage? So you get that yeah. one, and then they roll, and the average is... And when you have 12 of them, even Beef yeah. can't really stand up to that. Like it's It essentially makes it that you can't straight head-on joust that list. Because as soon as the K-turn happens, you get screwed. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and you still have the advantage of Struts, which makes it really hard to fight them in rocks. And they're... Yeah. The five health on two agility is pretty beefy. Like it's it's Still a deceptively tough list to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be a uh, pretty solid. Uh, I have also gone with a six ship list that I've been practicing quite a bit. And while not the uh, beefy Wookies, it's four Cavern Angel Zealots, the I one X wing, and two Bandit Squadron pilots with Thread Tracers, four X two Z, two hundred points. It's uh, kind of. I wouldn't say my wheelhouse. I normally don't fly initiative ones, and I like kind of my uh, four to five ship list, but this is a really fun, yeah. agile list. I would still put it in that heavy jouster uh, archetype. You oh, essentially yeah. split your fifth heavy jouster into those two Zs with tracers to enable your other four better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the lower initiative hurts a little bit, but you also have a lot of blocking power there. And uh, I, I think it, I definitely think it's a solid list. It's similar to Greg's. It's uh, this one is a little more obvious that you shouldn't joust it, but it's deceptively <laughs> hard to avoid what? jousting. Because um, no. X-Wings are pretty fast when they want to be. They are, man. And, uh, and the Thread Tracers make the Z-Shots a lot more dangerous, because it doesn't matter if they do damage or not. If they're enabling four three-dice shots with target locks now, that's that's a big deal. Right. And the thing is, if they go for those Zs first as the catalyst of the list, they're, they're 24 points each. That's like a Vulture droid. I can yep. That's the best part about it. They can kill a ship, and you're like, ah, you have 24 points. Congratulations. Right. And yeah. that's uh, where I think that it comes in strong. Uh, it plays to my strengths of being able to move first and set up overlapping fields of fire. I would like to think if I've got one X-Wing talent, that might be it. The one thing I need to remember is to I, that I don't have to rush into combat. Because too many times when practicing with this list and others, I find myself going all the way across the board to engage in combat, oftentimes without mods, 
and that's that's a rookie mistake I need to keep myself from doing. So I thought, why don't I give myself six ships that belong to an R faction? They all have blue one straights. That's my wheelhouse. Just need to not fly like a jackass, <laughs> which I often do. Alex, what are you uh, leaning towards here? Well, see, I saw six ships and decided that was a kind of a chump number of ships. True. So I'm bringing, most likely bringing a seven ship, six swarm. Um, so two of them with the tracer missiles, two with tractor beams, two with ion cannons, and then one with nothing but a jamming beam because it's free. That's at 199. And it's all at I won. Um, it has a lot of damage, a lot of control, and a lot of options. And uh, it has the bid on other I won jousting list, so it can block. And six are super tanky. And uh, turns out when you fire a crap ton of ships with uh, free target laser missiles, tractor beams, you're laying ion on people. And even if I come into a reinforced ship, I can jamming beam that reinforce off. Oh, no. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, you essentially took Neil Voss's list that no longer fits. Um, which I think, and the, the four, six, and two zealous. And he went, well, if I can't fit that exalus anyway, I'm going to look at a seventh ship in there instead of the two zealous, but keep your tracker beams and shenanigans. Indeed. And yep. you get tracers yeah. now, which are nice. Yeah. Yep. Let's say that was what actually got me thinking about the list is when they announced tracers, I was like, what can I do with a swarm and tracers? And six are better than mining guild tie fighters. There's some interesting options there. Like you can run four I1 mining guild ties, two tracer six, and two tractor six. And that's at exactly 200, which is another thing I can consider using as well. But man, six are a level above TIE Fighters. Yeah, the shield's a big deal. The shield yeah. is a big deal. The one the banks option. are nice. The one yeah, banks are nice. tractor beam in there. Yeah. The extra K turn, the white five forward. I mean, the tractor yeah. beam would be there with the TIE Fighters as well. I would lose the ion cannons. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like the six are, they have a fantastic dial and they're dirt cheap. Yeah. So that's likely what I'm going with. Um, I've gotten two reps. They've been varying the sides of the spectrum as how they went. So we'll see. But yeah, that's where I'm leaning at right now because swarms are fun and Fenrir hurts me. <laughs> They're not going to know what to do when you rock up with a list that doesn't have Fenrir in it. Hopefully they jest. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just like our motto for all our lists? Hopefully they joust. Uh, not not mine. <laughs> no, that's right. Because Doug is uh, varying from our archetype. Doug, what are you... Uh... Sabotaging uh, well, I should say that currently, right now, I don't want them to joust, because uh, yeah. I have no idea what I'll actually bring. Although, I am pretty much decided that it's going to include Rear Admiral Toronto. Um, or a Decimator of some sort, at the very least. Yeah. Um, but, uh, spoilers, I have Rear Admiral Tashi Station paint job that is obnoxiously <laughs> showing off our logo. Uh, so that's being included in the list. Good. It looks pretty yeah. good, too. It's uh, not just obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, I'm looking at Rack with uh, Vader, Crew, and Dauntless, and then Suntier with Predator, and Fifth Brothers, Fifth Brother with Passives and Homing Missiles. That's at 199. Um, I also looked at like just Rack, Suntier, and a deeper bid than um, Dan would go, which sounded entertaining, <laughs> but ultimately not the correct choice. Oh. Um, so like, I think that would that would give me a great matchup into Dan. Probably a good matchup into Republic Aces and a bad matchup into pretty much everything else. Right. Um, so I decided to thin down the rack by and soon tier by a substantial amount and put in that fifth brother in, as well, um, which still is a little bit of a bit of an anti ace. Um, he truly element. Is. Oh, yeah. uh, you can you cast newt how homing missiles with fifth brother does against Ada's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> came from last night where he yeah, decided I, I... to. I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna make you roll for it, and then he yeah. natties out on it. And I go, oh, I did okay. sucker out a natty two secrets. But like, uh, the, the ch when the choice is being put at one health with a crit coming in or eating a four die homing missile, you're gonna choose to eat the four die homing missile. Yeah, but uh, every time and twice on Tuesdays. Yeah, but that's yeah. still fine for the fully modified four die shot coming. In, so yeah, um, I think it's I think it's a, a pretty solid NTA's piece. Mm -hmm. um, and then Vader rack is also really annoying for aces and uh, soon tier still soon tier. So yeah, I feel a little. Uh... I'm a little trepidatious about you only bringing eight dice for the final salvo. That's true. I do need to up my my final salvo. At one game. point, we talked about all of us bringing six plus ship lists, and Doug yeah. is ruining it. <laughs> and I still could uh, I could fall back to the the bomber list that I ran um, at the Lima Open, mm -hmm. but uh, honestly, it was exhausting to 
think about that many bomb locations oh, for gosh, I can imagine. eight rounds or whatever I played. Just don't think um, about them. Just drop all of them. Oh, that's a good... I hadn't thought of that. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I could also look at something like a Sloan Swarm with Rack. Uh, something like that. Uh, there's still there's still options, but, no, but uh, as Sloan went up in points, she did. She is. It hurts to bring her now. To be fair, like the twelve points is a lot for. Yes, it is. Yeah, for something that doesn't trigger until you lose a ship. But uh, but yeah. So it's gonna have rack. That's all I can say for sure. And it'll probably have Suntier because mm-hmm. Suntier's real good. You know, and Suntier is higher initiative than Guri. True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> the thing, to... another thing, going back to the Fenguri is Fen's a regular ship, and you can you can kill him with any list. The question is, once you kill Fen, do you have enough list left to bring to beat Guri? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the real trick is if Fen can get his range one shots off, you probably lose too much before you take Fen off the board, and Guri can just clean house. Indeed, there. Now you mentioned the kind of jokingly that we all consider bringing six plus ship lists. I'm suddenly reminded of the hyperspace trial we drove up to Bellevue, Nebraska for, where almost our entire <laughs> entourage brought the same Rack Vader list. Yep. And poor Pat McDonald had to fly against it four rounds in a row. As did somebody else. There were two people that played against, because there uh, were five of us that brought it. It was uh, Scott from Wichita. That's right, yeah. yeah. played it, was, it four times as well. Yeah, five of us brought it, and the two of them played everybody but me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Look, walking, no walking the fourth round yeah. to see uh, Pat look at my list, and he just goes, "Yeah, well, do you want to roll off for it?" I'm like, "Nah, yeah, whatever." You're making the cut. Let's just joust. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. We've got some wholesome competition here. Uh, I think we're all bringing reasonably wholesome lists. No one's bringing any nasty combo tricks that are generally considered an NPE. Um, excuse me, all of us have more than four ships in our list, which is widely considered an NPE. I have three, the correct number of ships. (laughs) But the rest of us have more than four ships, and thus are ruining the game of X-Wing. That's true. Plus you all have generics. Where are your names? Think of the children! (laughs) Mine has a name. It's Tub. It's true. (laughs) Tub tub one, tub two, tub three, tub four, tub five. I actually named mine Ion One, Ion Two, Tractor One, Tractor Two, Tracer One, Tracer Two, and Sad Jamming Beam Guy. (laughs) I I have also named my list in uh, Tabletop Simulator, uh, and this is a potentially obscure thing. Uh, All the ships in my list are named uh, Wayne, Daryl, Squirrely Dan, Katie, Riley, and Jonesy. Ah, Letter Kenny. Indeed. Yeah. I really I hope people actually get soon Tashi Station, Rear Admiral Tashi, and Fifth Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, shameless plug, how? I mean, yeah, it's this is the one time I'll shamelessly plug. It's literally Tashi Station Radio versus the Scrubcast. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Then again, I did compete in all the uh, the Corona tournament and both of the. Uh, GSP tournaments with Tashi Station emblazoned on the bases of all my ships. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it did well for me in GSP, but hey. Uh, so this might sound a little self-defeating, but looking at our list out there, what are we afraid of facing across the table? What could they bring that would just absolutely ruin our day? What What do we not want to see? Uh, well, if I bring that, uh, that rack list, uh, I think swarms are the biggest weakness. Um... Like, when you get up to six, seven, eight ships, Rack is going to burn down really quick, no matter what I do. Uh, and then my list has relatively low damage output. Um, so it would it would give Suntier and Fifth Brother a, a lot of catching up to do from mm-hmm. from a pretty early point in the game. Uh, so that's what I'd be afraid of the most. Heavy Jousting list could also accomplish sort of the same thing. Although, really, it's the raw number of shots that hurt Rack because of Reinforce. Very true. Very also, true. jamming beam. <laughs> That's true. If if sad jamming beam guy, beam guy removes my reinforce, it'll be sad rack guy instead. True. Well, tractor beam guys won't have anything to do. <laughs> I mean, in theory, I could land three tractors and move rack, and then he could rotate. <laughs> <laughs> but at what cost? A stress. Yeah. All right. Um. As far as my list, I'm not super worried about a lot of things because I have two reps and well, I haven't had time to deliver to to figure out what's good and what's bad against it. Um, in my two experience, the high initiative in like initiative killing lists, like the rebel beef style lists, where it's 
four ships with high damage at the high initiative seems to be the most likely thing to give me trouble. Obviously, aces will be difficult technically, but it's really hard for aces to do enough damage to beat a swarm in time. So that's what I'm counting on, is that two yeah. or three ships aren't going to kill six quick enough to win. Okay. One nice thing about second edition is pure ace versus pure swarm actually tends to be a skill matchup. It is. And like, I've been on both ends of it, and it's stressful no matter which team you're on. Yep. <laughs> it's awful. And I love it. Greg, is there any particular boogeyman you're worried about? Yeah, force users for me, because uh, if you block them, it doesn't really matter. It's true. Mm. So my thing with droids whenever I've flown them has uh, always been force users, because uh, if I block you, you usually die. But if you're Vader or Obi-Wan or whatever, you have all those force, uh, so my block doesn't really matter. Uh, soon tier would also be bad, because usually to block you and yeah. you have the bullseye, but... Uh, uh, that's pretty much the only thing that I'm worried about, I guess, which is going to come up, um, obviously. Almost um, certainly, yeah. But the prox mines do help with that a little bit. That will. So, like, if I know where I can try to bump you, even if my shots aren't going to try to kill you, I could try to set up your exit to be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably my goal there. I think, like, Force users would give Milos a lot of trouble, too, if I didn't have tractor beams. Um, Delta B Jedi really hate tractor beams. Really do. Yeah. So um, making a Jedi as six health ship one agility makes them die really hard. And uh, so that's what I'm counting on for Force users is the between the tracers and the tractors burning out of their tokens and then tractoring one. I would all I would like to throw out there that uh, Force users would also probably give my list trouble because uh, here's the thing: Force users give every list trouble because Force yeah. is a ridiculously strong mechanic. Very true, and that is why I brought a lot of it in my list. <laughs> very strong, very strong. So that's pretty much the preview. What we've got again, it'll be uh, Matt, what you never you said. Wait, what I never said what gives yeah. your list trouble. Oh God, what doesn't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, if, if Matt's not going to fly Wookiees in a Tracer Bandit, I'm considering that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're both rebel. Although rebel you could you could probably convince Matt to go to. Uh, yeah, I could just do Kiroxes and five yeah. yeah. That's another. Yeah, we've been joking about that. But now uh, the one thing I don't want to see is another swarm. Uh, mostly because I just hate flying against them. Unless they're droid swarms, I'm okay with because I can kind of conveniently uh, and regularly one-shot droids. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm really good at droid hunting, I guess. Uh, even still... And almost certainly not confirmation bias. That's no. <laughs> hey, small sample sizes and confirmation bias are how I arrive at all my conclusions. It's worked for me so far. I, I, I would say in particular, you super don't want higher initiative swarms. Yeah, that's like. the thing. Uh, if I come up against something like uh, 6i2s, the like, inferno, oh, like, or the inferno yeah. swarm, the inferno yeah. swarm, Which, things like that. Where color I, me very surprised if we see an inferno swarm. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of things over there. Luckily, uh, Michael Biophysical Simon is not in this because I also don't want to see a whole bunch of interceptors. <laughs> yeah, five, it would be stupid. Uh, five four, sabers and night beasts, yeah. or yeah. four sabers and soon tier. Yeah, yeah four sabers. Yeah, he would definitely have a, sa- a saber centric list. I yeah, he probably that. looks so well. I'm yeah. so mad about Sabres being 35 because of Michael Simon. Yeah, I mentioned so in funny. an Arch Alliance uh, conversation that, uh, ironically, my record with my faction has been the best with the Imperials. And he says, have you thought about four Sabres in soon here? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, that, that seems like something that I might try in our uh, local league, but... I don't think I'm going to be leaning into a new fragile list when uh, national pride is on the line. I mean, the thing about interceptors is they're the same tankiness on average as X-Wings. Mm-hmm. And I can't say I've done badly with them. I've done really well with that. Uh, uh, three interceptors and uh, two inquisitor fifth and seventh list. But I, I really like uh, kind of going back to my rebel roots on this. I think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to do okay. I think we're all going to do okay. Or we won't. I'll, I'll play four games of X-Wing. <laughs> One way or the other, we're going to play four games of X-Wing, and you're going to get to watch us. So that'll be this Saturday, December 12th, starting around 10 a.m. Central American time, uh, twitch.tv slash Tashi Station X-Wing. So yep. with, with that previewed, uh, we do have a bit of time. We did have a uh, listener question come in uh, this afternoon from listener Matt Ritz. And Matt asks, so I know you guys were excited for Hondo in your podcast. We were. 
but I've played him in around 10 games. I've actually felt good about using him maybe three times. I've probably used him 10 times. I'm not sure he's worth six points. Losing your own action for it makes it pretty meh. So uh, we've got an editorial response from Alex Smittle, who was our most hyped about Hondo. Uh, Alex, take it away. Um, so I haven't had a chance to actually play Hondo yet because I played two games of X-Wing since the points came out. Um, but it has to be an action, A. Point one A. If it's not an action, that's the bustedest thing ever. Giving out actions for not the cost of an action is... Giving out actions for the cost of an action is already pretty dumb. <laughs> giving out actions for not that would be super dumb. Um, but the very at the very worst, you're paying six points for a white coordinate that can go to range three, but in exchange has a admittedly relatively significant drawback. But that's the same price as Tactical Officer. But Honda doesn't require you to already have a red coordinate. But uh, also, it's exceedingly valuable if you just use the opponent... The effect is to jam opponents at range three. Um, anytime your opponent has a stress ship, you can Hondo coordinate to the stress ship who can't take an action and jam any other ship for basically no no cost besides your action. Um, that's huge. And jam is way underrated as a mechanic. Um, so think about how annoying Chopper Jedi are, but they're doing the Hondo's doing that at range three. Yeah. Um, which is good because jam is an NP, so it should remain underrated. But also, the big thing is we're only two weeks into the points being out. Um, it's going to take time. Hondo's not a simple card. It's going to take time to figure out what lists are optimal with Hondo, but also how to use Hondo optimal, optimal, optimally in-game. Um, we're, we don't have it all figured out yet, but I don't think we can write off Hondo yet. Um, and I really think if you're flying Hondo with the intention of using him as yourself, you want the Hondo ship plus at least four more ships. That way, there's always one who stands out as being the one to be jammed. I would even go farther and say you want Hondo plus five. Like I think, I think the if you're wanting to use it on your own ships consistently, the drawback of a jam is it's necessary to have so many ships on the board that you can freely jam something and it not screw them over. Like Indeed. when you have six ships on the board, something is not going to have a good shot or is not going to be shot at that turn. Uh, or it's pretty much every turn. and jamming it is meaningless anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, or a K turned or whatever. Indeed. Um, um, but using Hondo when you're in a, a ship with Hondo and two or three ships means you're handicapping a big chunk of your list by jamming it. That's just not the kind of list where Hondo is going to work. Um, yeah, like I built just now before this podcast after writing this quote unquote not a rant. Um, uh, my old Fen and Six Swarm. You drop two of the TIE Fighters, and you get Nom Lum with Hondo. It's a six-ship list. You have four I-1 TIE Fighters, an I-1 Jump Master that's coordinating slash jamming, and Fen Rao, and that seems pretty good. And, like, you'll coordinate to give Fen focus lock every time. I will jam all you have four to... of my TIE Fighters yeah. to give Fen <laughs> coordinate. Yeah. Like, I'm um, actually really excited to try that list at some point. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, kind of coming off of the heels of a comment uh, we just made earlier, how would you like Hondo and 18 red dice? I mean, 18 red dice doesn't tell me anything about the list, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, a Scarif-based pilot, Reaper, carrying Hondo and five Alpha Squadron TIE Interceptors fits at 200 points. So the only reason I don't, I'm not in love with that is that Alphas can't target lock. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest strengths of Hondo is that you can give something with a good shot full mods while jamming a meaningless shot or something. Um, so that's not necessarily bad by any means. Like <laughs> giving interceptors more actions is great, but uh, but it doesn't it doesn't rock my like it doesn't I don't know. Like, Mike like, if you're listening to the podcast, you can have this one for free. Yeah, <laughs> but like something about like a bunch six Tie Fighters and uh, Scarif base with Hondo is um, well, it's still no target locks, but yeah. Like... But yeah, exactly. That's just it. You have the option, especially with. Uh, Interceptors, you can coordinate a double reposition to somebody. Yeah, and, and that does seem that's really good for blocking and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, mostly the Reaper feels really hard to fly effectively with Hondo. Uh, the thing about Reapers is they don't get actions very often. Uh, they're large and fast and have terrible dials, which is uh, a combination for, <laughs> for not getting an action very often. Large uh, and fast and have terrible dials. Guys, it's like yeah. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like the other thing about Hondo is like the ship you want to bring him on does needs to not care about its action. Mm. It's the same way that ships with coordinate 
it's more valuable to use their action to coordinate than to take an action themselves. That's the same thing you want with Hondo. Mm-hmm. With some something like uh, the initiative one jump master or uh, Sheathpede to give it a range three calculate that's worse because you already have cor- white coordinate on Sheathpedes. And so to, uh, to go back to Ritz's comment, like my assumption would be that he just found a list where Hondo doesn't fit in very well. And that's that's perfectly reasonable. Like I, I don't think Hondo is as much of an auto clue as we hyped originally. Um, it's it's really easy to get a little overhyped about new cards, especially ones that are iconic characters that we all like. Um, but so he is probably a little bit more of a niche option. But uh, like, let's say you were running something like a uh, a warthog swarm, like warthog and five V wings. I'm almost positive you can fit Hondo in there now. But so what what you're essentially doing is you're taking something that's already good and efficient, and you're just adding the ability to coordinate whenever it's necessary. And you're adding control whenever you don't need to enable your own team. Like, jamming an ace that you have three or four good shots into is a really, really big deal. Um, Mm -hmm. You actually have five points left with five V-Wings and Warthog with Hondo. Interesting. Which means... Yeah, we talked about using Hondo in lists matter if a ship gets jammed, such as uh, Force users. So I was looking at, okay, what's the cheapest Force user out there? I believe it's the generic Inquisitor. Yeah. The downside is the cheapest crew carrier for Imperials is that 39-point Scarif-based pilot, which, as we just mentioned, is kind of a problematic ship on its own. So I like the idea that, you know, the moment I think of, hey, I can abuse this, oh, but you've got to come with a drawback as well. And it makes you think a whole lot more about where does this fit into your list. You're right. I it's not auto think, like, looking to jam your own ships is not how you should be looking at Hondo. No, but what you're looking at Hondo is how you can mitigate the need to jam your own ships to boost an important ship. Right. That's why why I'm talking Fenrau and TIE Fighters. TIE Fighters don't have force, but they also cost 22 points and don't super need their action. Um, Yeah, it's great, but I will jam, literally, like I said, I will jam all four TIE Fighters to give Fed an extra <laughs> every turn of the game, because that's where the money is. And that's like that, that's what you gotta look with. Like, if you're bringing a Hondo ship at Empire with four TIE Fighters and Vader, boom. Vader loves extra actions. He already gets them all anyway, but somebody's <laughs> yeah. not Vader. Like, uh, Empire might not be the best faction for Hondo. <laughs> but you could look at, like, a Targeting Computer Soontier or yeah. a Grand Inquisitor with a missile or something like that. Like, um... Like there, there are definitely still options. Uh, a phantom would be a yeah. great whisper uh, with extra actions. This loves it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about so focus evade evade force whisper. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> For these, yeah. I know the face Greg just made right there. <laughs> but you can also look at something like uh, you can't do Malrus anymore. But like the Gideon Swarm, Gideon plus six epsilons, you can do Hondo and still have four points left over for. Uh, some automated target priorities, or a Rivas, a Rivas sensor buoy, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but now you you have like six TIFOs. It doesn't matter if one's jammed, man. Like, just jam the one that's range three of everybody. They're not going to shoot at it over a range one target. Uh, but now you have the ability to give an important ship focus target lock, or focus evade if you know it's going to get focus fired, uh, or you have the ability to jam that ship before you fire uh, twelve to eighteen dice into it. Like they're uh, I think the big thing is Hondo enables swarms really well. Yep, Hondo is a... He's not a force multiplier like other swarm-centric cards, but he he enables swarms, like Doug said. And he really... I feel like he'll try an ace first many swarms as well, mm-hmm. if you can get a six-ship. Yeah, I do. I actually really like the idea of your... your I do. I'm actually really, plus plus really excited to try it. I also built it with Tarok and a fatter Tarok as well. <laughs> Tarok and a fatter Tarok? No, like, so it's... It's a naked fan, or if you do Tarok instead, you get Fearless Afterburners in a three-point bid. Okay. Yeah. You know somebody who could be a fantastic uh, Hondo carrier is Rose Tico. In Rose Tico would be a phenomenal yeah. A, she's carrier. dirt cheap. She doesn't have coordinate natively, and she doesn't care about actions because she has passive rerolls all the time. Yeah, yeah. Rose um, is a, but and then you have four to five X wings slash A wings with her, or yeah. Finn, mm-hmm. and. Finn yeah, loves so target locks. He just never gets to bring them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like, it's, yeah, the focus is more important. But if you can throw in some, so like this yeah, is super now basic. Now but like, Rose, 
Rose with Hondo, Finn with Heroic, and three Blue Squadron rookies leaves you 15 points to bump up to, like, Bastion or uh, Nimi, or maybe trade one out for ZZ. Like, you have you have tons of options there. Um, Indeed. I think I that's what you... Like Five-ship list, but... Um, instead of six. But even so, like, Rose is, might be the best Hondo carrier in the game. Yeah, also T-70s are kind of an exception because they're just stupid efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big sidebar from our conversation, but look at T-70s because... 41 points is what the original T65 cost. That is now what a T70 costs for just a free extra health and boost instead of barrel roll and a better S foil. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> it's ridiculous that those that Blue Squadron rookies are 41 points. It actually is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> no lie. Like, oh. four rookies and an A Wing feels dumb as hell. Indeed, indeed. Four rookies and Rose with Hondo. Still leaves you five points. So Bastion, Nimi, and two rooms. Oh, no. Bastion and Nimi are really expensive. Are they way worse? Okay, that's good. All right. Well, that's been uh, our hype for this. We've uh, covered what we're going to bring. We've covered our opponents, what we think they're going to bring. Saturday the 12th, we will see who's right. Uh, Again, tune in around 10 a.m. Central U.S. time to twitch.tv slash TashiStationXWing. Watch us shoot these chumps out of the sky. Side note, this Hondo conversation may have changed my list building. (laughs) (laughs) He's bringing Fenrail back, baby. (laughs) I'm looking at resistance. (laughs) Okay, here we go. All right, so before we sign off, any uh, shout-outs? Greg, uh, you want to give a shout-out to a certain uh, birthday haver that's coming up this week? Yeah, uh, tomorrow is Victor, my son's birthday. The boy! Yeah. The, the boy. boy! Let's hear it for the boy! <laughs> two years old tomorrow. Right. And uh, we've got another birthday coming up eventually, but we'll get to that on our next podcast. Uh, Doug and Alex? 30 in 13 days. Is that what we're talking about? 12 days? Oh, 11 days! Good. Jesus Christ! I've got 21, days. sucker! After <laughs> 30 in 11 days! And so feed me, fam. Yeah. Uh, my father, Bob Howe, deserves a shout-out. He will, I'm sure we've said this multiple times, but he will be the TO uh, and commentator along with Mark Myers and for the uh, mini-chlorine tomorrow. Well. Yeah. Bob the fa- father of Tashi Station, Bob Howe. <laughs> Our father, who art in St. Louis, how be thy name. Get off the podcast. <laughs> I will not accept how jokes. He is that so is, upset about that. That is a line I will not cross. The line uh, must be drawn here. This no far, further. no farther. To deal with plenty okay. of bad I, I can deal with how jokes, but I cannot deal with Star Trek references on this podcast. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's pretty much it for Tashi Station Radio. We've hit our limit, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I just built a really sweet Hondo list. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's Rose with Hondo, Finn oh. with Heroic, two Blue Squadron rookies, and Heroic Starboard slash Procket Optics ZZ. Oh, how expensive left. is that ZZ? 54 points. That's a, that's a tubby ZZ. Like, sounds annoying. Yeah. yeah. it's Now my ZZ gets every action every turn. All of them. <laughs> no matter what. Oh, I jammed one fan, unfortunately. But... <laughs> or a Blue Squadron rookie. <laughs> yeah, preferably that. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my God. Hondo in Resistance, man. Look at it. Oh, I mean, if you're wanting to take every action, just put re- uh, angle deflectors on ZZ, and you can take a reinforce. They don't have a mod slot. Oh, no, boo. All right, okay, so I will not. on that All brilliant right. tactical choice, uh, for Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Fiddle. And I'm and... Greg. Yeah, Greg. 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 Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. If you'd like to support us and help offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash TashiStationRadio and toss us a few credits to help keep the Hut cartels off our backs. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at TashiStationRadio and X-Wing Podcast, on Twitter at TashiStationXW, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TashiStationXWing. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to like and hit subscribe. Yubby yub.